HavanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, super focused today. Super like, utter focused. focused. Game face? I mean, like, like I'm not going to be able to do anymore. You know? <laughs> like, look, like really, really tight. Like, uh, like dead shot. I got you. Well, yeah, you like looking, you got shot in looking, the eye. You're looking a little like dead shot right now because you got like a like stem of your glasses. Yeah, sticking, out of sticking your them skull. out of my eyes. Yeah, so I gotta go to the eye doctor. So Brian told it a not funny joke. Why don't you tell the people about the not funny joke? Well, Mike was talking about going to the eye doctor, okay. and I told him that while a lot of people go to an optician, I said he should see my guy. I go to see an optimist. Yeah, <laughs> says no matter what happens, fine. he just says I'll be fine. All right. So my son says to me the other day, he's like, "I'm a combination of Deathstroke." And Deadshot. You know, he loves Arrow. And I'm like, yeah. you got no eyes. <laughs> like, can't see at all. He's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. That's not what I was saying. I'm a great assassin. Uh, okay. Utter focus. Speaking of assassin. So so we decided, so next so next time we podcast, we're going to do, we're, we're going to be doing our Save Delete for Fate Reform. Our, our quadrannual. Yes. You know, uh, save the lead marathon where we we go through all the colors and all the you know, cards is talk about all the cards that we think might be playable, might not be playable. Uh, but so we're, you know, it's preview season. Everyone's talking about cards, so we wanted to take a couple cards that early on have gotten us both excited and thinking about uh, building decks and their implications for standard and how they might shake up the way you build a deck. And I know a card that you've really well so i mean that's not what i did at all i just went on twitter and i said i'm podcasting with brian this afternoon tell me what cards you want me to talk about and these are the ones people oh is it really oh that's what it is and but it actually turns out they're cards that i actually really like so um so we're gonna do two cards each yeah uh, because we're gonna try to do super in-depth uh thinking about how they might change the world uh so what do we start with wild slash mike i mean this is this is like your type of card yeah so this card is like super up my alley right so just it's just red it's an instant. Uh, Wild Slash deals two damage to target creature or player, but it also has Ferocious. So it's just one of the many cards that's strictly better than Shock. And I hate to say it, but I played a lot of Shock last year. Yeah. Uh, if you control a creature with power four or greater, damage can't be prevented this turn. That so, does a lot of, of really interesting things. Yeah, so this is an interesting card. Uh, it reminds me, like, I don't know, maybe two, three seasons ago, uh, I told... Larry Swayze that I thought Shock was unplayable. <laughs> then it comes states I had Shock in my deck, but then it turned out at while well, I was at states I was gonna I think I was gonna play Frost Titan, and then Sean McEwen convinced me to play Druidic Satchel instead. Oh, I remember. But that was this. like the dawn of my love of Druidic Satchel. So I already had like Batter Skull in my deck. So it's like I had like one or two Batter Skulls to win, and then instead of like a couple of Frost Titans, I had a couple of Druidic Satchels. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Frostite or not, but I ended up with Druidic Satchel in my deck, and I'm like, oh, shoot. I can actually be in a situation where I have three Druidic Satchels or, like, two Druidic Satchels and a Batter Skull in play. So I had to go buy Vol- uh, Galvanic Blasts on site because I'm like, I have these unplayable shocks, and I'm like, but it's wrong because Galvanic <laughs> Blast is strictly better than shock, and I might actually get the Metalcraft. Right. It's possible. I don't remember if that ever actually came online sure. for me that day, but, um, you know. Uh, I played a lot of Shock last year. In fact, I would say that right now, magicians are often clamoring for a Shock 
you can see that evidenced by magicians who have got magma spray in their sideboard. Sure. So there's relatively little reason to play magma spray. I mean, it's cool to magma spray well, I mean, just an Eidolon of Blossoms, right? And then make it so people can't can't rebuy with uh, their their uh, Whip of Erebos. But just the, the remove from game aspect of magma spray is highly limiting versus not being able to damage players. Right. I mean, one of the things I think that you really want... I mean, another card that was previewed, we're not talking about it that much right now, but Warden of the First Tree, which is like the green figure of destiny. Yeah. Destin Tree or something. De de figure of Destin Tree? Figure of Destin Tree, yeah. Like, you know, a card like this, you absolutely want to have a one-mana removal spell in your in your arsenal. Oh, yeah, so cheap removal spells are, are going to be at a premium. And like I said a minute ago, we haven't had a shock since the, since the corset rotations. Um you know, a few months back. So people have largely been playing Magma Spray. They've largely been playing Magma Spray in their sideboards. Right. Um, you know, that's not the kind of card you... you but, the, but the eggs, I mean, the remove from game is... It's not is, zero, but it's not that impactful, right? Like, who do you care about it against? Um, you used to care about uh, Chandra's Phoenix. Yeah, but people didn't really Magma Spray against Chandra's Phoenix. They just played Shock. Because right. you got you got to be able to damage faces. So with, um, with Magma Spray... The problem is the decks you generally want to Magma Spray are not decks that have Whip of Erebos, right? I mean, although I guess it would be sweet to Magma Spray um, a Blood-Soaked Champion. Sure. But, but it would also be sweet if your opponent played a Blood-Soaked Champion. I don't know, man. That card is inevitable. I, although I killed this Blood-Soaked Champion last week, and, like, my opponent just never rebought it. He just kept, like, passing with, like, five mana open. And I didn't understand if he was trying to, like, next level me or what. And, I don't know, he just got destroyed. But maybe that's just because people shouldn't be playing with Blood Soak That was sort of my point. Yeah, so anyway, Wild Slash. Um, so it's Shock. It's a uh, red, well, single red mana, instant deal two damage. But when it has Ferocious, which is you've got a creature with power four or greater, damage can't prevent be prevented this turn. Now, obviously, there are some interesting implications to that, but what I actually want to talk about are what I mean, I mean, just just to talk about some of the implications just for a second, it's like if I slagstormed yeah. after casting this and you had a Silver Knight, mm -hmm. your Silver Knight would die. I mean, yeah, if you <laughs> nugged something with this. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, two for two, two for one, but I'm saying... I this, mean, to get rid this, of the Silver Knight? This gig, yeah. <laughs> probably be happy I'd to do it. probably be pretty happy to do it. So, like, you know, damage can't be prevented, gets around a lot of things, like, you know, protection from red i mean you, you still can't like target it <laughs> but well, i think like damaging faces is what people want to do yeah. right so um imagine you had I, this card's probably weak for legacy play but uh energy field is a card that i don't think i've ever realistically been able to beat <laughs> <laughs> um in uh in legacy uh, but I, I don't know what, what else is there that makes makes people well, not it's protection is a, is an important one with uh I guess Master of Waves is what right. the notable protection creature that's in play right now. What what do you do? What so what do you do to like be able to use what what decks can you play this in that exist right now? So I was actually thinking about this just from practical standpoint. Let's say you were you were playing a deck similar to uh, the red white deck that I used to make uh, top four of the Star City Games Super Invitational Qualifier a week or so ago. Um, you have a five slot, right? In yeah. the five slot, you've got uh, opportunity to play Sark and the Dragon Speaker. I had two of them on my sideboard. But in terms of main deck, you could have Wingmate Rock, you could have 
a couple of main deck Sarkins up to, I mean, you probably wouldn't play four, but, right. you know, it's reasonable to play maybe two Sarkins in the main deck. Uh, or you could play, uh, you could play uh, Stormbreath Dragon. So in the top eight of Grand Prix Denver, which just ended yesterday, Sam Pardee, right, yeah. played uh, four Stormbreath Dragons in the in the five spot of his red-white aggro deck. Uh, and, you know, there are reasons well, to... you know, there's been a lot more change of the rocks going around. Well, yeah, so the, there's, a, there's reasons to play different ones. If you think about the kind of removal that is in... Oh, my God, you get... So, if, you, if you have Ferocious, yeah. you have so much good cheap removal. Like, in that deck, <clears> like, you end up with Crater Claws for... Like, you can Crater Claws for one to do two. You could do this to do two. You oh, can do one, two yeah. to so many things. Well, I was just thinking, like... So many faces. You just have the opportunity to trigger Ferocious, right? There isn't a four-power creature in that deck right now, right? So one of the reasons that you want to play Wingmate Rock is that the typical removal in Standard is uh, either point removal that is fairly invested, right? Like Murderous Cut or Hero's Downfall. Right. Which is pretty poor against Wingmate Rock, but excellent against Stormbreath Dragon and more or less useless against... Sarkin. So Sarkin actually has, like, somewhat resistance to Heroes Downfall, but not really, you know. But, like, huge resistance to Murderous Cut. Right, right. All three of these fives, excellent against Bile Blight. But against anything that's a point removal, Wingmate Rock is excellent. Unless you want to factor in uh, Chain to the Rocks, which I didn't really think about. But if people play Chain to the Rocks, then Stormbreath Dragon is, of course, excellent against that. But the huge reason that... um. Wingmate Rock is good is because of Elspeth, Sun's Champion. Mm-hmm. It has six power, but it only has three printed right. power. Right. So it, Elspeth it, can't kill it. It challenges it, Elspeth magnificently. Oh, I mean, it just, and it dodges Elspeth magnificently. It beats the bejesus out of Elspeth, yeah. and Elspeth can't do anything about it. But, like, let me tell you, as an Elspeth player, I have eaten many a Stormbreath Dragon on curve. Yeah. It's just not, <laughs> not scary. But if you have a card like this and you decide there's a reason that you might want to either A, play a shock, or B, for whatever reason, prevent dam- uh, prevent damage from being prevented, I think that that might be an incentive to play Stormbreath Dragon over Wingmate Rock in the five slot. It, it's funny, too, because, you know, shock was, was, you know, I mean, unless you were playing it, like, in the red, in the mono red, it was pretty narrow, but now the ability to, like, finish off a Planeswalker, like, to be able to just... You know, yeah. nug, nug those last couple points. You know, have, have, have cards like Shock picked up for you. Um, I really thought about it that way. Like, uh, of recent, I've mostly been playing decks that interact pretty well with Planeswalkers. Like, either you have bodies to throw at them, or you have, you know, a yeah, wide yeah. variety of things that can interact with them. Like, anywhere from a Stoke the Flames to a Banishing Light. But, um, yeah, I think that it's probably relevant. I guess I've dealt with a lot of Planeswalkers over the years just by hurling two points of, of bolts at it. And, right. you know, there's no there's no loss of face throwing a couple lightning bolts at Jace when Jace is just going to draw a whole bunch of cards that you don't. Right. You know, it's the same thing. Um, you know, talking about Ferocious, talking about Red, talking about attacking Planeswalkers, I want to talk about Flame Wake Phoenix. It's just a card that has me super excited. So Flame Wake Phoenix is uh, a creature phoenix, not surprisingly, yeah. given the name. something Red's been getting yeah. a lot more of. And it's, uh, it's converted mana cost is three uh, in the form of RR1. And uh, it, it's a 2-2, so for a 2-2 for three. Right, so comparable, the, 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 the comp is Chandra's Phoenix. Phoenix. Yes. Echoes Chandra's Phoenix. Now, 
I pretty much played Chandra's Phoenix nonstop while it was sure. legal and standard. So how's Flameway Phoenix uh, compare? It's so Flying Haste. That uh, sounds a lot like Chandra's Phoenix. Now, Flameway Phoenix must attack each turn of Fable. Uh, less good. So Chandra's Phoenix could play defense very effectively. Right. So it would this, play defense, snug the opponent, and then get come back to play little, more defense. It's a little challenging to do that with this. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we'll run into a wingmate rock quite often. <laughs> well, maybe when it's paired with a wild slash, though, yeah. it'll take down the wingmate rock. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, but now this has Ferocious. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if you control a creature with power 4 or greater, you may pay R. If you do, return Flame Week Phoenix from your graveyard to the battlefield. This is really interesting. So, this is hella worse than um, Chandra's Phoenix in terms of the condition on a rebuy. Because you could just, like, you know, hurl a shock, a sure. magma jet, whatever, and then just rebuy the Phoenix. But, like, if you're in the position to be getting it back, just paying R instead of paying, like, RR1, that could still be countered. Like, your opponent could still just, like, whatever, essence scatter your Phoenix when you're trying right, to recast about, it. How, how about this? I have this guy in play. I played it on turn three. I nugged you. I get in for two. Next turn, I, I burnt something or did something, get in for two. You, you know, you're, you're, you're just sitting back. Net my turn, I play Butcher of the Horde. Sacrifice, Sacrifice this to Butcher of the Horde to give it haste. Oh, wow. Beginning of combat, pay R. It's pretty exciting. I mean, it sounds like a deck. I mean, that <laughs> sounds like my new deck. <laughs> a, let's go with this. Now, uh, now wait, we're working here. Working, work yeah. in progress. Four Flame Wake Phoenix. Do, we, do you want to play? I mean, Ash Cloud Phoenix also works with yeah, this card. Yeah, it's a good trigger. I mean, I don't. People love Ash Cloud Phoenix. Do you love that guy? I don't love that guy. It's like a 4-1 for 4. It's a 4-1 for 4. It doesn't even have haste. It costs 6 to unmorph it. It's, yeah. But like it, it's, it's, it's annoying it's, to kill. It's inevitable. I mean, it's like Hammer of Bogarton, right? Like, Ish. Ish. Or you know what's like Hammer of Bogarton? Uh, <laughs> so, Soul Fire Grandmaster? Mm. That's Hammer of Bogarton. That's, yeah, like, no, that's, that's a card. But, that's fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ash Cloud Phoenix is full-on okay. People... I think the people who play with Ashcloud Phoenix are kind of are in a certain category of their own, right? They're like, eh. Um, like they're in the category of people willing to play with that card in standard right now. But, but again, this card also, you know, terrific with Stormbreath Dragon. Yeah, I was thinking, like, instead uh, of Wingmate Rock at the at the five in that Mardu deck, then you play. Just, it might be just, a, like, a mid-rangey red deck, even. Well, I guess you want to play the Mardu. You want to get the well, Butcher. I think that if but you're like, going to... Stormbreath, you've got, uh, again, same thing. You talked about Sarkin, the, the Planeswalker. Animate the planeswalker, beginning of combat, get this guy back, well, get if, multiples of this guy back. If you're gonna be in a situation where where you are playing a, a quote unquote a mid-range red deck, I see very little reason given the presence of twelve plus dual lands and involving yeah, lots yeah, if yeah, you yeah. want to go there, to at least not play Chain to the Rocks. Sure. Right. That's just yeah, yeah, yeah. this like the most insane yeah, card. Yeah. And if you're playing Chain to the Rocks, I see very little reason not to play Heliod's Pilgrim. <laughs> because that guy is just flame sure. Kabu. I mean, as you know, yes, and yes. listeners at home probably know, I've just been jamming Heliod's Pilgrim into any deck they'll let me because it's so good. I like I like the guy on Twitter who was like, you know, you're talking about that deck. Yeah. And he was like, How could you play this deck with one mount? Like, well... Uh, well, there, there are the four wooded foothills. And he's like, but that's five red sources. And Annihilia's like, presence. No, he's like, fine, six. And four Helios Milgrim. So, which gets Annihilia's presence. And I'm like, you know that Seder Wayfinder can get not just the mountain, but any of the red-green dual lands as well, right? And he's just like, oh, what sort of usually have mountain play? 
two. <laughs> turn two is the answer. <laughs> yeah. Was, like if I don't have it, it's because I need to actually get two fours to play my courser on turn three. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. pretty actually, that's actually like, very tricky to play in the first he, three he, turns. He really turned around on, yeah, the, yeah, on the deck. That was pretty. He's like, oh yeah, there's a lot going on but, here. Yeah. Th this card seems super exciting to me. Um, now, now, if I'm not mistaken, because it's at the beginning of combat, I can't do anything tricky with this. Like, so I sack it to Butcher. I play Butcher the Horde. I sack it to Butcher the Horde. Pre-combat. Right, pre-combat. Yeah. And then now we go to, um, you know, I sack it pre-combat. We go to beginning of combat. It comes back into play. I can't sack it again and pay to get it to come back. Well, so, no. It, well, so at beginning, of, yeah. at beginning of combat triggers only go on the stack yeah. one time. Yeah. So, yes. So they, so they just they just ruined all my Gargadon fun? Um, no, they didn't ruin no. your Gargadon they fun. They ruined my Gargadon fun? Uh, but I think that that's a, an interaction I'd be very willing to explore. Just, like, attacking for seven for, like, five mana seems awesome to me. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, I'm just a huge, a huge Butcher of the Fan, uh, Butcher of the, Butcher of the Fan, Butcher of the Horde fan. Yeah. I think that card is... card that's kind of cooled off in popularity a little bit. Uh, I mean, I think that it's going to come back because... So, if well, you... Well, I mean, it's it's one of the best ferocious triggers for this and for the uh, the other card we were talking about, uh, the, the Wild Slash. Yeah, so uh, if you think about it, um, Sandra's got a couple of ace creatures, you know, like Seed Rhino is, you know, the head of that yeah. class. Oh, can we get Seed Rhino in this deck? I mean, we can, easily. <laughs> I mean, it, you can do it. I, I don't know if it's right, though. But, so, basically, you got these ace creatures, and you can build around the ace creatures, right? right. So, Cedrano's got a buddy, you know, he's got this buddy, Corsair Crufix, and if you want to play with Sylvan Caryatid, you can. You want to go Whip, you can. You know, you can go different directions, right? You can go the, the Banishing Light direction, you can go the, the Johnny Mentor of Heroes direction, or if you're Brad Nelson, you can go, like... <laughs> You know, lightning strikes and chain to the rocks in your right. in your Siege Rhino deck. Um, if you're Butcher the Horde guy, almost certainly if you're the Butcher the Horde guy, you're going to be playing with uh, with uh, uh, Crackling Doom because like Crackling Doom is actually better than Butcher the Horde sure. right? at, at the Mardu at the Mardu Witch. But like everybody's got their buddy, okay? Um, you know, Sadisi's got Whip. You know, Jeskai's got either Jeskai Ascendancy with uh, Hordling Outburst or. Mantis Rider and you know whatever goes with him, you know, Jeskai Charm is a great card that, that that these cards play together. But everybody's everybody's got their their buddies that they can, they can play with. The thing is that depending on the complexion of the format, some of those buddies get really really bad, right? So if you think about Siege Rhino and Butch the Horde being comparable, Siege Rhino is a stronger card, but they're comparable. They're both very very yeah, good oh, yeah, yeah. aces at four. <clears throat> both 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 just. Exert a tremendous amount of pressure on oh, your yeah, opponent and, and, when you have it in play and do crazy, on curve. Crazy or, life swings, yeah. you know how powerful these cards are. You know, I've I've seen Cedrino be be uh, described as unprintable. Like the card is <laughs> like this. Like this card I've, is unprintable. I've definitely heard people say unprintable things. Yeah. <laughs> when it's been played in a feature match. I mean, like Cedrino is so crazy. Like you're playing against a matchup that like the opponent. You know, like you know a, when you give the, the F word, like, four syllables? Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, 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 uh. I mean, I, I've just been yeah. sitting at the table, and my opponent's just playing this dorky Abzan aggro deck. I'm like, I've, he's in complete lockdown under two planeswalkers. I have a handful of removal spells. Yeah. And I look at my life total, and I'm just like, please don't draw Siege Rhino. <laughs> right? Like, I'm just dead to Siege Rhino here. Or, like, I'm dead to Whip, you know? Like, right, right. he's like, three Siege Rhinos in his graveyard. I'm like, I have no main deck answers to Whip. Like, 
I could take the first Siege Rhino, which is still going to be like a 14-point life swing in one turn, right. but I'll take it. But the next two that I've already killed are going to be problems for me, you yeah. know? So, you know, these cards are, are comparably powerful. You know, Butch the Horde's not as good, but it's still a very good card. The problem is its best buddy Crackling Doom and their mutual buddy Lightning Strike are really bad if your opponents are playing with all Hordling Outbursts and Raise the Alarms sure. and Jeskai Ascendancies. So, like, your opponent's like, you know, raise the alarm, untap Jeskai Ascendancy, and your grip, and you're, you're like, oh man, I, I just have the sweetest drive, all my best cards. You're just like, your hand is like nothing but crackling dooms. Right. You're like, yeah, yeah. wow, I'm dead. <laughs> like, I could, I could be basically casting three mana shocks for the next three turns while I take 100 damage from, right. from uh, Jeskai Ascendancy and Jeskai Charm, right? That's, and, because those cards are horrible against tokens. But if the format switches, and it goes to this place where people are playing with Stormbreath Dragon and Siege Rhino, um, you know, like basically investing a lot of their energy into like a single big powerful threat or two or three big powerful threats instead of a bunch of little dorks that are enabled by, by buff spells. Well, cards like Crackling Doom get really, really good in that room, right? So suddenly so, you become interested in Crackling Doom, Flame Wake Phoenix, Martyr, like, yeah, like, Butcher of the Horde. I mean, think about how bad Flame Wake Phoenix is if, if you're just on curve, right? And your opponent's just like, second turn, raise the alarm, right? Just high right. okay. ascendancy, <laughs> attack for two. Yeah, okay, and they're like, go. And then you're like, Flame Wake Phoenix, attack for two. They're like, that was cute. <laughs> okay, for my first trick, stoke the flames, you untap, like, like yeah, yeah, with, no, no. With, uh, with Convoke, untap my guys. You want me to continue? And they're like, oh, I still only have two guys. I guess I'll just Jeskai Charm now. They're like, how much damage did you just take <laughs> from two little guys, right? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like two it's... buffs off of the, off of the, uh, the Jeskai Ascendancy. I haven't even determined in my head what mode <laughs> Jeskai Charm was on that would have done, dealt the most damage right. yet. And, you know, he started with an insane Stoke the Flames. Right. And depending on his mana complexion, he might stoke you twice for free. Right, right. And then right. get in for, like, right, eight yeah, damage yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, and, and you're, like, sitting here with, like, a tapped Flamewing Phoenix. Right? If, if that's the complexion of the format, you know, Crackling Dooms and, I dare, dare I say, Chain to the Rocks are not very good. Right? Right, right. It's just, like... Oh my god, I'm investing in not only just a single card, but I just cast a Heliod's Pilgrim. So I'm like investing four mana <laughs> to deal with like yeah, that's what sideboards are. I'm, I'm dealing with one third of a hordling outburst right now, you know? It's it's horrendous. <clears throat> but you know, if people are all like, oh, based on this format, I'm gonna go with uh Siege Rhino or Anafenza. I mean, keep, keep in mind by the way with this card, we're we're talking about like a, a more mid-range strategy. You could also play this at the top of your curve and still get value out of it. At so, the top of your curve? Yeah, you can still play this at the top of your curve and get value out of it because you have things like um, the the 2-2 two -two bestow red card that you put on like some dorky guy and it gets plus 2, plus 2. Mogus is... Mogus is uh, Marauders, yeah. yeah. Mogus is Marauders. You have um, Titan Strength. I like a Titan Strength. You know, so like there's there's things you can do where you could just be a very red, a red aggro deck. You're going to come out, you're going to play this on turn 3, you're going to bash them, you know, this dies, something dies, you know, you, you know, you're like, return it, get in. Oh, so you're just like, you're, you're just like, you're like you're a just, prone crusader. Yeah, you're just bad. Titan strength this thing, it's four power, rebuy. Yeah, rebuy this. Oh, that's, yeah. that's not bad. You know, I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's, you know, you get to do a lot of fun stuff. Or like that deck would probably play four Dragon Mantle anyway, right? And yeah, that's like, exactly what I'm saying. You should immediately go, you know, uh, Taylor Swift Spear, Dragon Mantle is already two, pump one. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's already four. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
So I think I think that that's that's pretty reasonable. Uh, to to you know, I think that there's a lot of directions you could take with this card. I mean, you you were talking about tokens, and uh, I don't think the Jeskai Ascendancy deck is going anywhere anytime soon. So it's not getting metagamed out when they keep printing cards like Monastery Mentor. Monastery Mentor is so confusing to me. Why is it? Because it's, it's just so good. Hella confusing to me. Because I'm not. I'm, I'm right. So been, let's let's run through the cards. All right, sorry. Monastery Mentor two W. So this was Patrick Chapin's exclusive preview card yeah. on Star City Games. Yeah. Right? So 2-2, two, two, Human Monk, Prowess. So it's just a Grey Ogre. Right. Who cares, right? Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a 1-1 one, one white Monk creature token with Prowess onto the battlefield. So it itself has Prowess. Yeah. But then it makes 1-1s one, that also have Prowess. Yeah. You... Let me tell you about getting confused on this card. Because <laughs> the first one, the second one, the third one you make in the course of a turn are all going to be of different size. Yes. Right? I've been, I've, I've been, <laughs> oh, my God. This well, is like... So you, you play this guy. Next turn, you play Jeskai Ascendancy. Right? Why would I do that? I'm a horrible person. Right? So I'm now you have the worst So now you have a mentor, and you have a token. One token, yeah. You know? Well, I have, like, another mana, right? Like I could... Yeah, you have a mana. <laughs> Let's be clear about something. I've got a mana. <laughs> and, and this is bad for them. By the way, you also have two creatures. Like, I think a card that people are going to start looking at is Ephemeral Shield. So Ephemeral like, Shield. With, with, with Monastery Mentor, this card's ridiculous, So right? it's one in a white uh, target creature gets indestructible until end of turn instant, but it has Convoke. So it could be potentially free if you're, you have white tokens, right? Right, yeah. So nobody I games mean, with white... If I have a Monastery oh Mentor... My God. And, and, What's, and I get a, what's the text token? on Triplicate Spirits? <laughs> Is that a sorcery for six mana? It's a sorcery for six mana. Make that puts three, one, one, three flying. one one flying spirits. But it has Convoke. It does have Convoke. I mean, that card isn't really constructed playable, is it? I don't, I don't think I mean, so. I mean, like, Wingmate Rock is, is legal, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean... <sighs> but this, I mean, this card's just absurd. I mean, I could just see I was tapping thinking, all my guys for Triplicate Spirits and then untapping them with the Triplicate Spirits. To I was also thinking about, like... That's, I was thinking about cards like... Uh, Hammer of Perforous. Like a red-white deck. Just like red-white, Monastery Mentor, Hammer of Perforous, get a token, Titan Strength, get a token. I mean, just regular Perforous has got to be insane, right? Yeah, regular Perforous. Wait, so if insane. I just play Monastery Mentor, and then I just play regular Perforous without Devotion to Red, it triggers Monastery Mentor, right? It's a non-creature? Uh, whenever you cast it. So no, you'd get the token before. No, no, it's Perfor a non-creature though, right? Uh, Perforos? Yeah. No, he's a creature. At the time you're casting yeah, yeah, him? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he can be nullified on the stack? He, I don't think he's a creature yet. You don't have sufficient devotion. He is a creature. He's a creature. He has a... Uh, that's his line. Okay. Yeah. So he doesn't trigger that. Yeah. That's, I don't think he well, I mean, if you have him in play, though, this card's, like, absurd with yeah. that. You're making think, so many I tokens. I think Perforos is pretty insane with this card. Just because they have the, haste? Yeah, I think the ability to just, like... You can just do... So, you go... You have this guy on turn three. Yeah. Turn four, you're like, hammer. So, this becomes a 3-3. Three, three. You get a 1-1. One, one. That has haste. That has haste. You're like, now uh, I'll cast Titan Strength for red on my <coughs> token. I get another token. And I scryed. And, and I scry Yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying, it just gets out of hand really quickly. And... Well, you know, so I know. I said, Hammer's interesting to me. I said earlier I was confused. Yeah. The reason I'm confused is, why are they glutting the three this way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the, like, the casting cost on this seems tough. Like, I have four alternate art goblin, uh, go goblin Rammers that I've never played. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, I am definitely going to play this card this year. Right? Yeah, that was literally yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on through my head. 
You know, I have never had a chance to play it, and I have played the appropriate colors. <laughs> <laughs> there were just better. Brimaz was just better. Sure. You know, you know, so yeah. But, how does this guy stack up against Brimaz? So that's. I think like, I gotta say, in the dark, I think it's better than Brimaz. The tokens are in, potentially huge. Right. So right? like so this like, guy's had a built-in Jeskai ascendancy. Like, you, know, you attack. And like they block and you feed of resistance, for example. You just anything. It's, it doesn't you matter. You God's willing, you. Like, I, I was thinking like. Well, I mean, just like a feed of resistance, this thing becomes a four-four. Like, how bad is this deck? I mean, it's possible it's bad. What if you're just like monastery mentor, commune to the gods, get like another monastery mentor or whatever, right? But that you've been, uh, like, soul of soul of Theros or whatever. Oh whatever. God. So now. <laughs> Like, they just have to kill your stupid Monastery Mentor, or they're just dead to the Soul of Theros that's already you're there. They're just pandering to Kibler here with some white green deck. Well, like, am I wrong, though? No, no, like, no. But stupid Commune of the Gods will get you a creature in this deck, and it's going to trigger, and it's going oh, to set up you, for future overrunning. Do you remember this card we talked about last time? Why do you have, like, the same pictures over and over and over again? I don't know. I guess I don't have it in here. Oh, well, I thought I was. I thought it was in here. Uh, the the card, the Soul Summons, which is the the card that's two mana. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a manifest. It's like a bear manifest. Yeah, but manifest like with monastery mentor. How insane is that? Are there zero casting cost cards we can play? I mean, there's ephemeral shields. There's stoke the flames. He's prowess himself. Yeah, it's. I thought he just like made guys with prowess. I didn't know that he had prowess. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. Like, odds that Craig Wesco's not playing this card. But he doesn't know how to play spells, right? He only knows how to play guys. So like, Yeah, but if you give him spells that are functionally guys, so, like, he'll like play a, Raise the Alarm. By okay. the way, Raise the Alarm. You know, yeah, but ra- raise the, he'll play Soul Summons. I, I mean, mean, probably not in Modern. I but. like a black-white deck, and I was just like, I don't have enough different kinds of tokens to play. Like, I have Vampires from... <laughs> From Sorin. Ooh, zealous, zealous Persecution with this guy. Birds with Cast wings. a Zealous Persecution. Get a token. Resolves. My guys get bigger. Yes, that's what would happen. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, I had my bird tokens, vampire tokens, cat tokens, soldier tokens. I didn't have enough different kinds of tokens. <laughs> I had to put them in different piles. Yeah. So, this guy, you're going to have monk tokens with prowess. Soldier tokens, Soldier tokens, spirit tokens, rock tokens, bird tokens, bird tokens. Let's not get too fancy. Yeah, yeah. Vampire tokens, though, goblins. Yeah, yeah. Like, man, tokens are just, it's all about tokens, maybe. Yeah. But these tokens are big. Like, I, the thing is, I don't even know how you deal with this. this. This thing gets out of hand super quick. And if, I mean, like, God forbid you have a Jeskai Ascendancy with this. Like, every spell is plus two, plus two for these tokens and makes another guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know what they were thinking when they made this card. Like, the, like, we're, like, I think, I mean, how how likely is it for me to be like, oh yeah, this card's probably just better than Brimaz at the same casting cost? I mean, it's not because like Brimaz is such an immediate impact card. You don't deal with it immediately. It's probably gonna, you know, sure. start getting a massive amount of value. This card, on the other hand, is just like a gigantic lightning rod for Bile Blight, whereas Brimaz is just like sure, whatever sure. Bile Blight. Like, I think that there there are some. I mean, we can make this guy live through a bile bite. Not on turn three. No, well, no, I mean, not actually, on turn I was listening to the coverage, and uh, Ben Stark, Hall of Famer Ben Stark, said something that I just never would have occurred to me. He's like, oh, yeah, we were testing Jeskai Mirror, and you just don't play a guy on turn three. What do you mean you don't play a guy on turn three? He's like, you play a guy on turn three, they lightning strike it, you never got any value with your guy, now they play a guy. Okay, like, it's like the correct 
the correct thing to do is wait until turn five to play your first guy. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, is that right? But I'm like, yeah, I guess I would just play my goblin, my goblin, uh, rabble master. Right. And he just never even makes a token, right? He's just going to get killed. Yeah. Like, you really just wait until turn five? I mean, then you could have, like, I don't know, at least shock their guy back. <laughs> right? It's horrible if you go rabble master. They shock it, untap, and play rabble master. Right. right. You're right. going to take damage. Now, yeah. you have to spend your turn killing yeah, the yeah, rabble you master. Just, you just You're already behind. You just, you just switch to the more controlling role, and you just... With the same cards, yeah. With the same it's, cards, a, yeah. it's pretty cool. So, um... Yeah, I think that's a card. I think <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, I don't think it's like super clear that it's better than Brimaz, uh, but I don't see how Hordling Outburst can compete with this card, and I don't really see how Goblin Rabble Master can play with this card, which makes me sad because I have four alternate art yeah, Goblin yeah. Rabble Masters that I've never seen play. Like literally, have never have never been on yeah. on a play mat or on cardboard. Yeah, no, this, this card uh, this card does some disgusting things. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, so, last card we want to talk about. I was just as a side. Sad. The, so this is bonus. This is bonus. The Meringue River Prowler. Like, so what, how about one of this in the in the Hedron Crab deck? So, Meringue River Prowler is a two-one creature for two and a U. There better be some really good text on yeah. him because he can't, a two. He can't, he can't block and he can't be blocked. Wow. No. Okay. Like, so what else is he saying? You may cast Meringue River Prowler from your graveyard as long as you control a black or green permanent. That's it? Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. Come on. I mean, I don't care how many two ones for three that you can, you can have them all. Tell you what, let's have a contest. You can have as many two ones for three as you want. I mean, in, the, in, the, in the Hedron Crab deck, it's a little different. Well, no, it's not. Because two ones for three oh, stink. You, the way you have it built, though, you don't have any green or black permanents. I do. I have uh, Charmagoyf and Vengevine. Oh, okay. So you go Vengevine, play this guy, get a couple of Vengevines. You have to pay for it, right? Yeah, you do have to pay for it. I'm not paying three mana for this thing. All right. It's poop. All right. Well, we were just going, this is the card I'm super excited about. All right, about. so. This card's bananas. No, seriously, this card's got bananas on it. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it really does have it bananas really, on it. It really does have bananas. It has a a, a shirtless man reclining oh, so, in a no, throne no, first with a bull whip about and bananas. Tassiger the Golden Fang. Yeah. Okay. So 5B for a legendary creature, human shaman. So he's for 4-5. Four, 4-5. Five. Four, so five. 6 for 4-5. Yeah. That's too expensive, Brian. Delve. Delve. Oh, well, okay. Maybe <laughs> a little less expensive now. Uh, Delve. And then his ability is 2 Simic, Simic. So you could pay either blue or green, blue or blue or it's green. It's probably going to be green, I'll be honest I'll, with you. I think it might... I actually think it might be blue, but I'll tell you about really? that. Really? Yeah. Or it might be both. <laughs> well, it might be both. Put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a non-land card of an opponent's choice from your graveyard to your hand. So what's insane about this card is you could have already non-land cards in your graveyard that are good, and he's just, like, setting it up, and then you're going to get something else. Right. You could also pl pay, play him... Yep. Delve away the cards you don't want back. Oh, so when he uses his ability, it's going to be something you, you sweet curate, for sure. You curate your graveyard using Delve. Wow, this is a really high-skill card. Uh, this is like what Ben Stark said a second ago. <laughs> I would have never thought about that. I would just be like, Ugh, take out so, the lands, take out the lands. So you could, you could play this on turn five, yeah. right? Like, for B, remove, like, all these cards from your graveyard, activate him. And immediately. Immediately. Now, now, you put two cards into your yard, so your opponent always has the chance. So I had a conversation about this card today with Shaheen Sarani. 
on Twitter. We were talking about this because I was tweeting about this card. This card has, so has no Azorius mana costs on it. No, I, but it, this is a blue-black control mirror card. So it gets counterspells back. It gets whatever, like, like we were talking about it. Like, after sideboarding, like, assuming, assuming like, you're, you're playing some, you know, like, <coughs> very light creature version, like, every card in your deck after sideboarding is just the nuts, right? What if it's a blue-white mirror card, and you have, like, four polluted deltas just as in your mana base yeah. because you have uh, I mean, it, dig through time yeah. and whatever, and then yeah. you're just like, I have a swamp. Yeah, think about how many, how many times you're going to have this guy in play. You're going to be like, cast Treasure Cruise, remove everything from my graveyard, Activate this. What are you gonna do? Like, and you you mill like a land and a good card. Now your graveyard is treasure cruise and a good card. Which one do they give you? The land. They can't. It's I know they can't. <laughs> it was a trick. Yeah. And he's got bananas. <laughs> this card's actually this card's bananas. I actually right there. just wanted to talk about. It's basically on a zombie's head too. Well, it's a, I thought this card was a vampire. Looking at it from far away, or yeah, he definitely looks very rakdosy. Now he looks. No, Rakdos is a gigantic demon. No, no, I meant like the Rakdos Guild. Like, no. you know, like those shirtless pagans. No, this guy looks like a character from, like, an Anne Rice novel. Oh, okay. Like, like a super, like, effeminate vampire who sure. would definitely still eat you. <laughs> All right, like, he's effeminate and stuff, but, like, like but he's yo. A human, he's a human shaman. Maybe I look like a girl, but I'm still as strong as ten men. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Yeah, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on this card? It's bananas, and they put bananas on the card. <laughs> I mean, it's just a super interesting card and powerful, right? Like, I mean, you could just... I mean, so let's say for sake of argument, you had eight mana, right? You and you're do, just oh, like, you, you're like, use the ability. Uh, so you can't res- do it in response. No, you? no, you can't. It's, it's So if it's just like you have nothing and it's you two activate, lands, you'll miss, And right? then the resolution of the ability is put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a non-land card. If I was thinking, like, you say if you, if you flip two lands, you're just SOL, right? Right, but you can also just always... No, no, if there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah, if there's nothing there. If you flip two lands, you're SOL. But you were going to draw two lands. Fair. Like, you have like, I was thinking, oh, I have eight. I'm like, oh, I see that there's two hands. I'll just respond. But, but with, like, with the, amount of, the amount of delta. First of all, also, I, I got to wonder if a card like uh, Augur of Bolas, is that the one that scries two? No, no not that's Augur of Omen Bolas. Speaker. Omen Speaker. Is suddenly like Omen Speaker? Like, can you imagine? Like, you're like, okay, turn early on in the game, play an Omen Speaker. They're like, you know, do something. You're like, okay, activate my Tassiger. They'll like, give you back Omen Speaker. You're like, okay, play an Omen Speaker, scry two. Oh, yeah, I'll keep these two on top. Activate Tassiger. Like, I don't know. Seems exciting to me. Like, it was interesting. Like, the first reaction when I was tweeting about this card was, for a lot of people had, was to, like, go, oh, this card's worse than Soul of Innistrad in Sidisi Whip. And it's like, this is not a... Wait, what kind of statement is that? Yeah. This card costs... This card is just a Termogoyf. Right. 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 I was just (laughs) like... To begin with. Right, aside from that... Right, like it—it it just has a completely different role, and I don't think it goes in like a deck that is just looking to dump everything into the graveyard and just—I mean, just like—I mean, maybe it does. Maybe let me you explain this to you. First I don't turn, really care what creature you polluted give me back. Delta. <laughs> Thought sees you. Second turn. Seder Wayfinder. Yeah. Third turn, this thing with Counterspell open. <laughs> right? That's like literally what your chain right. would be. Right? Like, I'll play this for one with Counterspell open. Right. I've just thought season. And now in turn four, I still have a card advantage engine. Yeah, like. I don't care. What are you going to give me? Okay, you give me back a Seder Wayfinder? Fine. You know. 
Um, it's just cards, right? Right. You always do something with them. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. But yeah, people are like, oh, you know, it's... I'm like, I, like, I wouldn't even play this in a, in a whip deck necessarily. Oh, you could play this in a whip deck. This is like long-term fuel for your whip. Right? Sure. I mean, actually, it's kind of weird to talk about it that way because if this guy's going unmolested, your opponent can't win. Right? <laughs> so, like, like, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to keep using this thing over and over and over again, getting back, like, treasure cruises and murderous cuts and thought seizes. So, so, so your initial reaction looking at this card is yes. that it's green-black. Oh, I think that it could be any of the Sadisi colors. Sure. Right. I mean, you could obviously play Salta. You could obviously play Green Black. You could play Blue Black. I like your actually your your idea that you could play, you know, like basically an Asper Control deck. I mean, yeah, it seems awesome, right? Like I just play with four Polluted Deltas and just like either have a Swamp on my sideboard or just have one in my main deck, like not disrupting my mana too right. much, and then just like maybe even have a couple of. Here's what I think always happens: Evolving Wilds. You, I think, always happens is you cast Treasure Cruise. Yeah. You clear out your graveyard. You activate this. And then your opponent has to give you a treasure cruise back. <laughs> That's what I think happens all the time with this card. I think you actually just get treasure cruise back, and it's disgusting. What about temporal mastery? Do you think that card's good? I mean, it's fine. It's probably, it might be good in this deck. <laughs> I mean, five mana. <laughs> like, time walk. Time walk. Yeah. Uh, cast some good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, the card seems fine to me. It doesn't seem... I, I don't I don't see it as broken. Do you see that card as broken? No, I, I decided I don't think it's that good. Yeah. The, the problem is, if you like, like look at the card, it's not costed correctly to be good. So if you look at just like way back at the beginning of the game, draw three cards cost you, and take a turn cost you one. Right. And then like, after we've got, you know, five or so years under our belts, draw three cards cost you, you two. And take an extra turn to cost you you three, which is in both cases one more mana. Yeah, yeah. Right now we are at a point where we're casting it at like three more mana, where three is three in addition to eight, <laughs> and two of those three are additional use. Yeah, the additional use are the barrier. I think like the eight's invisible. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying like I think like that card is not correctly costed because Treasure Cruise. As much as people want to complain about Treasure Cruise being quote unquote broken. The card is not abusively powerful, no, no. except in formats that have cards like uh, Thought Scour. I mean, and when I say Thought Scour, I mean just like a catch-all Thought Scour, sure, like including sure. Brainstorms and sure, sure. whatever else, right? If, if your format doesn't include those cards, the card is just a good card, right? Like, and it's just, again, it's most abusive and standard in Jeskai Ascendancy, and that is like the 15th worst thing that can happen to you when you're playing against a Jeskai Sensei deck, right? Like, right. like, I would so much rather my opponent just cast a Treasure Cruise for cheap than hit me with, like, four Stoke the Flames in one turn, which they can easily do. Where they're just like, where they're just like, you know, Jeskai Sensei, Hordling Outburst, Stoke the Flames on tap, 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 attack you from 20 in a right. single turn, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it seems like an exaggeration, but once it's happened to you, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, well, I thought I could live through this turn. I was wrong. <laughs> just like, how silly of me. <laughs> so your opponent's like, third turn, Hordling Outburst. Fourth turn, mm, Jeskai Ascendancy, no trigger. Play my fourth land. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, think, uh, I, I think of the four cards we've talked about, like, if I was going to rank them in terms of, like, impact, 
in terms of impact? In terms of impact on standard? Just the four cards we've talked about, yep. the main cards. I think Monastery Mentor is number one. Is number Agreed. one. Agreed. Uh, I think Flameweight Phoenix is number two. Disagree. I have that card in fourth of these four. Really? I think all four will be played. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I do too. But I think that Flameweight Phoenix is just you a have, good uh, card. You have Wild Slash number two? Uh, I, I think I would have Wild Slash number two. Yeah. It's okay. just exactly the card that people want. I don't even care about the Ferocious thing, <laughs> which I'm sure will be relevant in some way, right. shape, or form. Right. But it's like, let you do something awesome. Just give me my shock for my sideboard. Like, do you know how many decks just want to kill a stupid seeker the way before it gets out of hand? Oh sure. Right, like just playing a or, or a monastery mentor. Well, just ha having access to a one mana burn spell that doesn't stink. Right. Well, think about the things you want to kill. You want to kill a warden in the first tree. You want to kill uh, a monastery mentor. You you want to kill. I really, uh, really, really, really want to kill a soulfire grandmaster. That card is bazonkers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. all my so spells so gain lifelink? <laughs> so Whose idea was that? Maybe you should have Wild Slash higher. I think it's just going to be super played. I think it's going to be played You think we played like, more than Monastery Mentor? Yes. Wow. Right? So Wild Slash gets played minimum in the sideboards of every single archetype that can cast it. Okay. Right? So it's going to... So think about it like this. Say you're playing Mardu Midrange. Is Mardu Midrange suddenly not afraid of somebody untapping with a Monastery Mentor? Oh, God, no. They're that's they're exactly... terrified that's of it. That's actually what they're terrified of. <laughs> right? Like, is... Is, uh, like, Teamer too good to play with this card? No. It has a, a line on it that says, play me in Teamer. Okay? <laughs> like, it literally says... And also, I would be good in a teamer deck. Right. <laughs> it says it right on the card, right? So I don't know. How about you're playing like Andrew Cunio's deck, which is like all counter spells, you know, and it just keeps dying to idiots with like two two drops in play, right? On camera, like every time I watch Andrew, like he would have like seven cards in hand, like all counter spells in his hand. He would just die to like two Rakshash death dealers or something. Right, right. Like, wouldn't you like right. to shock one of them? Right. Rakshash you know. death dealers. Another, yeah. <laughs> Like card you just, definitely would like to kill. I think Wild Slash is just going to be super heavily played. If Even if it's only a sideboard card, I mean, like, every single deck that can cast it will consider playing it. So you have uh, you have Mentor over Slash? I mean, I only because I th it's like just Mentor it's, gets, like, the Jace the Mind Sculptor exception, yeah, just, right? It's, it's like, like so actually a lower impact card than Spreading Seas, but it wins so many more games in such dramatic fashion that people just, it, like, it. Rate does it does so much so work all by itself. Yeah, yeah, like, like... Spreading Seas actually got played more than Jace the Mind Sculptor in a comparable number of sure, successful decks sure. when they were concurrent. Right. But, but that's no partially partially because you're playing Jace the Mind Sculptor that lets you play Spreading Seas. I mean, like, nobody was advocating banning Spreading Seas, despite the fact that, let me tell you, I had a lot of Jund opponents who just could not oh, cast yeah, no, a spell. Oh, yeah, so good. Bro, it's so two good mana that's Stone that. Rain draw card? Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, this is a spell? Yeah. Uh, so you have Tassiger, the Golden Fang, over... Flamewake Phoenix. Yes. I think the Flamewake Phoenix is the fourth highest impact card of the four. And we're not, and we're not saying out of the whole no, set. No, all four all. will be played. Yeah, this, yeah, is yeah. Not, this is not a criticism. Yeah, yeah we, just, we, just, we just picked four cards that we thought were, were going to make an impact in standard and, and maybe even other formats. Like, I, could, I could see Tassiger getting played in, in uh, older... I could see it getting played in modern. I mean, it's Termagoyf. Yeah. I mean, like... If you just, like, cast a couple of, like, you know, like I said before, a Thought Scour, whatever whatever your definition of a Thought Scour is, right. you play it and it puts three cards into your graveyard, and yeah. you draw a card. If you played it off of a sack land, it puts four <laughs> cards into your graveyard, and you draw a card. I can tell card. you've been playing with the Hedron Crab deck a little bit. I have. You know, people ask me questions about it. To be honest with you, I'm not convinced it's better than Blue Red Delver, <laughs> but it's really exciting, right? You know, like, you're just 
like it took me a while to play it correctly, right? I was sure. just playing first turn Hedron Crab and not realizing that's yeah, no, not no. how you get the impact. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to go like, if you're hella greedy, you're like, first turn, land, Thought Scour myself, flip two Venge Vines. <laughs> <laughs> Untap, Hedron Crab, play a Sack Land, mill two more Venge Vines, <laughs> Sack it, mill two more Venge Vines. I don't know how we have six Venge Vines, <laughs> but they're all down there now. Play a second Hedron Crab. Yeah. <laughs> Attack you for 24. <laughs> I mean, when you put it like that, I, you know, that, that deck seems excellent. I mean, like, you could certainly attack for 16 on turn two. That, that's yeah. a mathematically possible thing to yeah, happen. Yeah, of course. Not very plausible, but... Yeah, I, I think I've attacked for 12 on turn... I actually, in the, in, when it was in standard, I, uh, and then you had the Riptide Biologist that could copy a Vengevine, like, or whatever it was. I don't even remember the name of the card now. I think it was Riptide Biologist. I, I definitely attacked for 16 on, like, turn two. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, it's just definitely possible yeah. to attack for 16 on turn oh, yeah. 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, you know... But the, the problem is, the deck doesn't really have any way to kill, say, a 2-1 creature. <laughs> so, let's say you've got, like, whatever you want, and they just have, like, just one young Pyromancer. You're probably going to lose. Sure. <laughs> like, because you, you can't get in for damage, because they just, like, make three tokens a turn, sure. chump you, and then, like, meanwhile, the cards that they're using to make these tokens are... Smashing you in the face with for three damage and right, right. drawing three cards, etc. Which basically means like, don't let your opponent untap with a monastery. What's his name? <laughs> a monastery mentor. Monastery mentor, because you're gonna lose. Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be the story of uh, constructed for a little while. Yeah, you really need to have cards like Flames? Wild Slash. To yeah, just Wild get Slash. Them. Yeah, I keep calling you. I keep just calling you Flame, Flame Slash. slash. I, I thought. Well, the Ferocious is first on the line. I was just like, what does this do? Yeah. <laughs> Why is why is Bullseye getting wild slashed there? I don't know. I mean, it looks like kind of like a what if version of Bull. What if Bullseye lived in Dark Year? It just looks like the the Bullseye from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you are you excited about the Daredevil TV show? I mean, every single thing Netflix puts out is sweet. So, oh, so my wife is in love with uh, Happy Valley. Yeah, the one it's you great. recommended. I haven't watched it yet. It's She's great. in love with it. You know what? I th- did I tell you? I'm just like binge watching The Shield. I'm super. In yeah, love yeah, with yeah. It. I need to. I need to. I need to go. So good. That. That's not on Netflix though. You're doing that on like Prime or something. Yeah, on Amazon Prime. I need to. I need to just get my. I pay for like Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. I pay money for Hulu. <laughs> and it you're the guy. What? You're the guy. They're <laughs> like, yep. Yeah, we still have one person paying for it. Right. Or the words of Homer Simpson. If I wanted to pay money and watch commercials. <laughs> I would be a Hulu subscriber. <laughs> I mean, like, most of my TV I watch. I mean, I don't watch con- TV that's, like, concurrent with when other people are watching yeah. it for the most part. So. I, 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 uh, I DVR a lot of stuff. I wish I remembered to DVR a lot of stuff. Yeah. Are, oh, you you ex- know, are you excited about Agent Carter? Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. It's a miniseries, right? So, so Carl and I watched um, Fleming. So it's, it's on Netflix. It's like a four-part miniseries from England about the life of Ian Fleming. It's called Fleming, the man who would be Bond. Yeah. It's the guy who created James Bond, and it's like his... Everyone knows who he is, Well, Brian. I don't know. You You were looking at me like I was talking about, like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I know who Ian Fleming okay. is. Um, and his time with um, the naval intelligence yeah. during World War II. It was a, originally, I think, a, a made-for-BBC miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they just imported so it. So Do- Dominic Cooper... Uh, Cooper, is that the right name? Plays Fleming. He's the guy who plays Tony Stark's dad in the Iron Man in movies. the Iron Man movies and the Avengers, like when they show him in yep. flashback. And he's going to be an Agent Carter as Tony Stark's dad. 
because it takes place in World War II. It's like Invaders era. Oh, yeah? yeah. Are there going to be heroes? No, I don't think so. I think it's after Captain America's death. It's what she does, like, to form, to help form S.H.I.E.L.D. So, but there's no heroes. I don't, I don't believe so. So I'm a little confused in Arrow, as I'm more or less caught up now. Okay. Like, but the implication is that there's always just been superheroes, but nobody noticed. Is that, like, the thing? Like, like Ted Grant's like, oh, yeah, I used to be Wildcat, the superhero. <laughs> I just was, but nobody noticed, right? Yeah. Like, now I'm just a boxer. <laughs> Right, you know, um, uh, so, like, like, oh, no, we can't go after him. He was a superhero. Right. <laughs> well, I thought that Arrow was the superhero. <laughs> I thought that was the whole point, right? Well, you know, everyone so thinks what you're, they're doing you're is You're caught the first. up in Flash, right? I am. Did you pay attention to the first episode of Flash? The first episode? The first episode of Flash, there's a newspaper clipping from the year 2024. Yeah. That says Queen Inc. merges with Wayne Enterprises. What? Go back and watch the first episode of Flash. What? So, first of all, there is no company called Queen Inc. on the TV show. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's called Queen Consolidated, yeah, right? So, yeah. one of the plot points in season three and is... There's, and there's not called Queen Consolidated. Well, yeah, now it's like Ray Palmer Company, right? It's called like Palmer Technology. Palmer now. Technologies. Yeah. I mean, like, why is Ray Palmer such a dick? Are they friends on the Justice League? Are they like written as friends? Look, it's just I like mean, no one's really super friendly with Arrow in in the DC. Well, no, in the DC, and, at least in the DC continuity, I knew. Well, no, no, no. Hawkman and Arrow hate each other, even yeah, though they're yeah. concurrent. Just because like Hawkman's like just like a staunch Law and Order Republican yeah. type guy, and Arrow's like a bleeding heart, right? right, right. So. They just never got along. Yeah, yeah. But I never like really thought of like Adam is just being this dick to like fighting over Felicity. I mean, not like, Felicity. Uh, yeah, Felicity. Yeah, Felicity. Yeah. I mean, are they really? I, he doesn't really know Felicity personally when he comes. He's just like, oh, I'm just gonna steal this guy's company. <laughs> like, Come on. I mean, like, let's be honest. Oliver has done nothing to deserve that company. <laughs> And, like, for the five minutes he was in charge, the only decision he made was to lose his family's fortune. But still, like, Ray Palmer's supposed to be a good guy. Like, yeah. He's yeah, just he's basically not, he's stealing. Not, he's not really a dick. It's like, stole the guy's, comp- stole the guy's just, family's livelihood. He didn't steal it. He acquired it. I mean, but, like, through dickery. I mean, through corporate through machinations. Through hickory dickery dick. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, we have unsuccessfully veered off into non Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, so We covered our four cards All right. in our allotted time. So, uh, so our next podcast will be Save Delete and we'll do, you know, probably like three or four episodes to go through the set. When you say three or four, we have never done fewer than five. <laughs> to it's be small, clear. It's a small set, though. I mean, there's still five colors plus colors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Okay. So I think we'll probably and, do five. And a lot of TV coming back on. So. All right. Oh, Good Wife came back on last oh, I, night. I still haven't watched Good Wife. Still? I still have not watched I've given Good Wife. you like I, I need five to, years. I need I need to get Amazon. It's not on Netflix. I need to get Amazon Prime. I think it's on Hulu. Oh, maybe it's on Hulu. If it's on Hulu, I can I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Do you, do you pay for Hulu? No, I don't. So I don't know what you can watch for free on Hulu. Yeah. Because I, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't pay for Hulu. <laughs> I think I tried to set up Hulu on my Wii, and it said you have to be a premium subscriber to do this. So I was just like, all right, I guess that's what I have to do. <laughs> right? Don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. Here's my eight dollars then, and like you know, like two hundred and forty dollars later, they're like, "This idiot, <laughs> yeah. still paying us eight dollars to watch free TV." Yeah, I think my I think my wife has a Hulu premium because she watches a lot of stuff on there. Uh, you know what I like about it actually. It has a lot of shows that are not in anybody else's back catalog, like all of Community, all of Third Rock from the Sun, like shows like that. That yeah. uh, 
You're like, oh, I, I wish I had gotten I mean, into Third Rock of the Sun ten years ago, right? Good, good, good wife. I would. I, that's that's the main I show. I believe that Good Wife is on Hulu. That's the main show I want to watch. I, if not, I know it's on Amazon Prime, which I'm probably just gonna get. Yeah, Amazon Prime is the sweetness. I think I told you this. Catherine said it's her favorite channel because like all her favorite shows are on it. Uh, Mozart in the Jungle and uh, Transparent are her two favorite shows, right. which are both Amazon uh, exclusive exclusive shows. Yeah. Uh, which that's why Voltaire Abaya said that he was watching uh, uh, Mozart in the Jungle based on our rec. I didn't even make a recommendation. I just said my wife right. watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and exclusive. apparently it's good. Yeah. yeah, so me, I'm I'm more of an Arrow in the Flash kind of guy. Oh man, I am an Arrow kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I I, mean, I like I like Flash more than Arrow actually. I, I'm not into Flash yet. I mean, not because I'm I just yeah, haven't you just watched. Have, you it. Just haven't watched it yet. It's just, just like it's just. I mean, it is very superhero-y, very fun. Although I told you, did I, did I tell you this that. Arrow season when they go into the second half of the season, Mark Singer is going to join the cast as the leader of the Creature Commandos. Of Arrow? On Arrow. What is Creature Commandos? Creature Commandos was like some like weird War Tales comic that yeah. DC did, and it was a guy who just led a bunch of anthropomorphic like animals a, into, into oh, and battle. It's Mark Singer, the Beastmaster. Yes, it's the Beastmaster. <laughs> Fucking Beastmaster. Yes. <laughs> All right. So wait, I don't know if you, people notice this. But, like, you know, like, the guy who's just, like, betrays Argus in, like, the beginning of season three? That's just Manhunter. That character is, like, yeah. real name. That's Manhunter. And the, and the DA who gets strangled by, like, a random Mirakuru guy? That's just other Manhunter. That's Kate Spencer, right? Oh, really? She had six graphic novels. <laughs> like, super celebrated run by Mark Andreco. And like covers by Jay Lee. Yeah, they, and they just like there's a there's Rando a lot, killed her. There's a lot of Easter eggs on the show. So like the I mean and like she's like a DA. That's what on the in the comic she's a DA who like is sick of people getting off, so she becomes a vigilante. <clears throat> so uh yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs anyway. The point yeah. being, but I was like, they just randomly made this one superhero a bad guy and then this other superhero just killed her? <laughs> Alright. I'm sorry for spoiling that for anyone who hasn't seen those arrows yet. Yeah, yeah. It's your own fault for listening past the magic part. <laughs> I just assume no one's there. <laughs> this has been Michael J. Florence. Uh, Brian David Marshall. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Yes, like us on Facebook and buy lots of decades. Yes. As many as you can. Sure. All right, bye.